Good evening, everybody. Welcome to episode eight of Mental Dimes College Football Bump and Run podcast. As always, uh, your host here, Neville Triplett, uh, along with T Mac. You remember him uh, hitting off tees and draining threes. Uh, we've got a special guest with us tonight. We'll get to in just a moment. Let me just get some of this housekeeping stuff out of the way. Check us out at mentaldimes.com for all your sports information. If you'd like to do any betting, they're on a hot streak right now with all their uh, in, inside information, I guess. Uh, so check us out there. You can follow us at CFB for all your college football stuff on Twitter. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, interact with me uh, at NG Triplet. Uh, TMAC, you can hit him up at TM Swish. Um, you can also get at Mental Dimes, which is which is the main site, not just college football. So please uh, hit us up, uh, join the conversation. Really excited uh, this evening. We've got a, a guest with us, uh, Alex Shiloh, who was a member of the 2017 Texas A&M Commerce National Championship football team. Uh, in that game, he had eight tackles, one and a half tackles for a loss. Uh, when they defeated West Florida 37 to 27. Uh, T-Mac, you, you know this man very well. You went to school with him. Why don't you give us a little insight and, and bring him in? No, dude, I'll do that, just uh, just that trip. Alex, thanks for joining us tonight. Just want to uh, let everybody know who our special guest is, Alex Shiloh, a uh, uh, first and foremost good friend of mine uh, there at Texas A&M Commerce. Anybody that doesn't know where Commerce is, we're about 45 minutes uh, to 60 minutes east of Dallas, so a little Division II school. We're not uh, not little anymore, so we're making the jump up to D1, and I know Alex uh, had a lot to do with that, but um, I know Coach Tripp and I have talked a little bit off the air. Uh, we could do an entire show after the, the amount of awards Alex uh, Alex has brought in for not just himself, but also for the campus. And, uh, yeah, first and foremost, um, a great guy, uh, national champion safety uh, for AM Commerce, uh, former president of National SAC, that's the Student Athlete Advisory Committee, which is uh, pretty big. It's pretty big time just to be in SAC, and it's even a pretty, pretty bigger honor that he was the uh, president as well. And all American, and I could just go on and on. So there's uh, plenty of awards that this uh, this guy brought in, and it's a privilege to have him on here for Mental Times. And I know we're gonna have a good conversation. Uh, talk about all the talk about talk a lot of college football with Alex. Alex, how you doing tonight, man? Man, I'm doing good. Appreciate you, Coach. Appreciate you, Tyler, for having me on. Uh, thank you for the kind words. Just grateful to be on here and looking forward to the conversation. Alex, so talk a little bit, if you would, about um, being the president of, of SAC. What did that entail and, and what what type of things that you guys do to uh, benefit um, college athletes? Yeah, yeah. so it was kind of twofold. So on campus at AM Commerce, I was the president of our campus SAC, and we were heavily involved in the community of commerce. That's you know, really spearheading all of our community service initiatives, getting involved in the schools, um, fundraising for Make-A-Wish, which was our philanthropy uh, that we focused on and help, helping solicit and gifts for Make-A-Wish to make sure that we can uh, grant some wishes for kids. And so we were able to grant three wishes, uh, sent two families to Disney World, and we sent one to the NBA All-Star Game in 2020 uh, right before COVID. So a uh, very exciting group. We were highly engaged and active. You know, the other side of that was uh, the national SAC. I was fortunate to be appointed to that position in 2018 through an application process and uh, was fortunate enough to chair that group in 2019 and 20, rolling off in 2021. And that was uh, basically your national govern governance for all student athletes across Division II. So representing 121 student athletes, uh, we had quarterly meetings at the national office, meeting with 
different uh, individuals and in, uh, college athletic leadership. Uh, Mark Emmert, who was a president at the current time, really just advocating for the student athlete experience, voting on different uh, initiatives that are going forward at the NCAA convention and really just trying to make this holistic experience better uh, for the greater good. And so that's kind of what it entailed and being able to chair that group really was spearheading all those initiatives and uh, bringing uh, the issues to the table to have the conversation. So um, very, uh, I would say. Fantastic. Yep. Oh. Can, can y'all hear me? We got you. you. Yeah, you might be lagging a little bit. Little technical difficulties here. I apologize for that. Um, so, Alex, let's talk a little bit about your road uh, to Texas A&M Commerce. You went to school uh, right down the road from Tyler and I in Pflugerville, um, where you were a three-year letter winner. Uh, says here, recorded 115 tackles, six interceptions, and four touchdowns, uh, 28 uh, pass defenses, and five sacks. That's that's pretty impressive. Uh, and you did that at 6A Pflugerville. Uh, and then from there, uh, you went uh, as a uh, freshman to Texas A&M Commerce in 2017 when you, you guys won the national championship. That That's a, uh, a pretty fantastic uh, experience there, I would imagine, uh, going from a big-time high school and then going to win a national championship uh, in your freshman year. Uh, what was that experience like, uh, making the transition from high school to college, but then uh, getting to make that long run uh, and eventually win the championship? Yeah, you know, it's was, it was a very fun experience. Really, when you get to college, you see uh, how fast the game is. It's a lot faster than playing uh, football. Football is huge in Texas. You play 6A ball, but uh, college football is even bigger in terms of the speed of the game. Uh, but I got to redshirt my first year and really groom uh, my body, groom my mind to get prepared for that 2017 run. Uh, was able to start majority of those games that year and uh, help lead our team to the national championship. But it was a lot of fun. I played behind a lot of great guys. You talk about Luis Perez and our team, Vincent Hobbs. Um, we got some great young running backs that we played with that year, Crandall Hale, EJ Thompson, some guys that uh, we played throughout my entire career, Dominique Ramsey. I mean, Elijah Earl, so this can go on and on. Uh, we had a lot of young talent and then a lot of older talent uh, to play behind there. Um, and so Marquise Wimberly, I can keep going on all day, but really played uh, around a lot of guys that love the game, uh, that really knew how to work hard, uh, to grow, uh, what we wanted to do and do something special. And really uh, having a head coach in Kobe Crawford that year that uh, had the vision set out. I can tell you that spring before that season, uh, they sat us all down on our exit and he said, we believe we have the team, we have the quarterback, we have the defense to go win a national championship. And our eyes were set on that from day one. And honestly, we just went and executed every week and uh, that we went 14 and one and won a national championship. So very special run. I can tell you uh, the majority of that year, the best times were just the locker room, the trips, going to Washington, uh, Minnesota twice, Ending in Kansas City, playing a semifinal game uh, at Commerce. Very special moment for not just the football team, uh, for all the students and the alumni on campus. I mean, that's a memories we won't ever forget uh, that, that long ride in November and December. So, uh, very fun times uh, there in 2017. You know, it's interesting. Um, that run that you guys made is, is something that uh, Tyler and I have discussed when we talk about uh, ex the expansion of college football, you know for as far as um, in D1, I had kind of been against it saying, I like the four team format because every game matters. And then Tyler brings up, um, you know, the run that you guys made because you were not uh, necessarily, you know, expected to be there. Um, you weren't, uh, you know, one of the top two teams uh, in, in the playoff bracket yet you made that run. So he's made it a point that, you know, that's what's so great about college football and um, you know, any of the top uh, in, in any division top, you know, 
eight to 10 teams uh, are really, really all very good. And any one of those can get hot and go on a run. Mm -hmm. uh, based on that, um, what are your thoughts real quick uh, before we get back to your career uh, on the four-team college football playoff? Do you think that should something uh, that should be expanded or, or do you kind of like that position? I can tell you when college football playoff came to play, I was excited for them to bring a playoff in. Um, but as you look at it, you know, FCS, Division II, Division Three, all have a tournament-style bracket uh, that you go in, whether it's regional-based or where they just rank the top 20-plus uh, teams uh, to compete for the national championship. I, I do think it's time to expand it. I'm not sure what that number looks like, but having sure. your pick at top four, I mean, we're constantly looking at who's that five, six, seven, eight that just got left out that one game um, where you can lose a game and still have a shot uh, to win it. I think, you know, giving some more, um, I guess, ownership to some of the conferences where, you know, you put some conference champions in there because uh, not just the SEC and Big Ten are the best uh, teams in the league as they, as they continue to show to be as they win national championships, but put a Pac-12 team in there, or still an ACC team in there and see what happens uh, when you got to win more than one game to get to the national championship. I think that'll really just help uh, the industry as a whole. Uh, and as you say, transfer portal, I think giving more opportunities for teams to compete for a national championship, could level out some of this recruiting fiasco we're seeing right now, just because you know you have that true opportunity. Um, so it's different factors that's going to indicate where you want to go and where you want to stay. But I uh, do think they can expand that. Don't know what the right number is, but uh, we got to progress when it comes to uh, FBS football. Great. So in 2019, you were the uh, COSIDA College Sports Information Directors of America Academic All-American academic all district. Um, you're also a Lone Star Conference Academic Player of the Year. Um, we're going to transition to what you did after that, but if you could talk a little bit about what is the COSIDA Academic All-American, the, the College Sports Information Directors of America, uh, and, and what did that award mean to you? Yeah, so, so COSIDA is just a group of all the sport information directors who are heroes in every campus, if you know them as a student athlete. Uh, they're the ones telling the story. They're keeping the stats. Uh, they're keeping their eyes on uh, the student athlete at all times. And so they get together that uh, group and that committee and they vote on uh, student athletes excellence when it comes to academic excellence um, in the classroom and also what your performance look like on the field. So you, you look at names on that list, all those student athletes aren't just uh, graduating at a high level or have high GPAs or making a big impact on their team. And so that award uh, just means so much to me because that's what the experience is about, right? What the school was fortunate enough to be on scholarship to get an education um, and that was a big focus to me. Uh, so being able to be awarded with that, not just for my abilities on the field, but what I did off in the classroom uh, meant a lot because that's what I was there um, and what I was doing there. And so uh, that meant a lot to me uh, to get that award. Oh, fantastic. Uh, I mean, that's really impressive. Uh, and congratulations. What an honor. Uh, and then just talking to you, I can tell uh, you definitely made an impact uh, on and off the field. Uh, so it's fantastic. Let's talk a little bit about what you're doing now. I know you are um, at the University of Alabama, Birmingham, um, and it says join the Blazers Boosters in December of 2021 and serves as assistant director of development. So what, so what does that mean? And how did you end up from Texas A&M Commerce um, to University of Alabama, Birmingham? Yeah, so an opportunity that came up uh, towards the end of my football career, um, kind of on the track, really working to be an athletic director uh, at a university level and wanted to start the business uh, through development. And so what I do now is I'm a fundraiser uh, for UAB Athletics, uh, connecting with alumni, fans, friends of the program, people in the community uh, that want to support our student athletes. And so what we do is we raise money for what we call the Blazer Scholarship Fund, which supports all 400 plus of our student athletes pursuit of an education at UAB. Um, we also focus on 
of what our capital projects look like, building different things, focus on facility projects with stadiums, renovations, whatever it might be. We go out there and find people who want to help make this place uh, top-notch and a world-class place for student-athletes to come compete and get an education. And so um, I'm a part of the group that goes out and, and meets externally with our constituents uh, to garner support uh, for our student-athletes in our department. Wow, that sounds like a, a pretty impressive and uh, daunting uh, job, but uh, I bet you're, uh, sounds like you're doing a great job with that. Um, sticking with University of Alabama, Birmingham, uh, I know you didn't play football there, um, but obviously as part of the athletic department, um, what was your reaction to the retirement of head football coach Bill Clark? Uh, it, it was definitely um, surprising news to us all, uh, knowing that Coach Clark wanted nothing more but to be out there Again, year two and protect the stadium, um, continue to push forward in our final season of CUSA. Um, and so we will definitely miss him greatly. Um, I can tell I can tell you that I'll speak on behalf of not just myself, but all Blazer fans. We hope to see him back on the field one day, but know that it's, his health is at the first most uh, priority for him. And we're supporting him through his surgery. Uh, seems to be a success and he has a road to recovery to go, um, but we're behind him. And we hate to see him go. You see the program getting shut down, down back in 14 and him sticking it out. And I don't know many people know this. He did not leave he didn't go anywhere else he was the lone person here that stayed in the office that kept working every day to bring this program back and he truly did truly did to bring it from the ground up and revive the program we call it the revival the return um if you just look at pictures from the return game you had 44 plus thousand people in the stands at legion field and, and that was all bill clark uh building this team back and garnering support uh from beloved uab fans and alumni and so uh, a big hurt to uab for him to step away from the game right now um, but we have utmost confidence in our interim head coach, Brian Vincent, uh, to take over. He's been with the team since the beginning. He was here with the return um, in the office of coordinator uh, last five years. And so as we continue to just progress towards this final season in CUSA, we're excited uh, for where that program is and where we're going to go. But definitely we'll miss Bill Clark on the sidelines. He'll still be in the stadium, I'm sure, but we'll miss him uh, out there uh, getting after it on the field. Well, one thing I think some people don't realize is um, the impact of how – impressive it is for them to um, come back and be so successful so quickly because obviously I, I'm quite a bit older but in the 80s you know uh, SMU they got the death penalty obviously they that program was was gone for a different reason but it took them uh, I mean a, a really long time to come back and have any meaningful success and and Bill Clark and and, and his team were able to uh, uh, have success very quickly. So that's definitely a, a tribute to him. Um, this question for both of you guys as, as Texas A&M Commerce Lions, uh, what are your thoughts on, um, you know, moving up, going D1, uh, that kind of thing? First of all, and I'll, I'll let Alex get into it first, but I just want to say, Trip, this is a great back and forth. I'm just kind of sitting back listening to all this. This is great. Y'all, the two of y'all going back and forth. Um, no, but – Alex, jump in. I mean, I, I think it was coming, and, I, and I'll say this, and I, I think Commerce really had it coming. I think the 2017 uh, national championship that you guys were able to win was was kind of the uh, stepping stone. I, I think Commerce solidified itself and uh, as being able to, to compete at the Division One level. I remember I remember Colby Carthel after that game, Alex, um, was being interviewed there on the field, and they said, do y'all have any desire? And he said it's – uh, you know, it's fun being at the top. You know, I remember that being his big motto to the top and everything. I remember it was uh, 
uh, they asked if, if they had any any desire to go up to the Division One level, and his his answer at the time was was no. We like you know we love being here at the top of Division Two, but but in all reality, I think that was I think that was really the stepping stone to to really pushing Commerce over uh, to getting their name on the map and everything, and allowing them to. Uh, take that take that uh, that turn to being a Division One program, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I think I think the recruiting and everything is is just I think Commerce is a perfect place. Uh, its proximity to the Metroplex is great. Um, I think athletics wise, um, every program is is fit to compete. Uh, I know I know Alex, you know his last year being uh, 2021 or 2020 2021 that year. Um, I you know the schedule was just impressive i know i know it's not the way that that alex wanted it to go that last year but but you could just tell that the strength of schedule and it was just daunting and, and commerce was ready to make that jump at the next level i think the coaching i think the boosters i think everything i think i think this was the right time for commerce to make the jump and um you know i'm, I'm looking forward to it i know alex is being a a football alum i'm looking forward to it being a, a smaller sport being a golf alum and i'm really looking forward to seeing commerce make that jump to the next level yeah. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, I'd have to agree with Tyler. You know, majority of our time at Commerce, we spent together as fellow student athletes. And uh, one of the biggest things I already used to say is every every student athlete in the five year period, each sport got a ring. You know, whether that be all the way from women's soccer, all the way to football, to track, to golf, and you name it. Every sport walked away with the ring: conference championship, national championship, regional championship. I mean, every single sport at uh, AM Commerce was on the map. Um, every single sport was driving in. Uh, fans driving in attraction. You talk about our track team, our track and field team are at the national championships every year. One of the most impressive programs we have there, and they're not giving enough credit, I don't think. Um, but we have a lot of exciting sports student athletes uh, there at Commerce. We're, we're ready to compete at the next level. I think every sport team uh, will be ready to go and compete in the South and Conference. I think it'll be a little bit better for our fans with uh, a little bit more games that are uh, better when it comes to geographic details. It will be more in Louisiana and Texas for all of our games, which is exciting. Um, exciting to be in some metroplexes we haven't been in before, like Houston, um, down in San Antonio, uh, going out there to 409 and Beaumont. And so we'll get to tap into some different markets when it turns to the brand of Texas A&M Commerce getting out there. And I think being in the Division One school, you know, being in the South will provide that exposure that we need. A&M Commerce, like you said, 45 minutes to an hour from Dallas. And we've really been trying to break through to, to get our brand in there. And I think the Division One will help us kind of break in there to continue to grow the university. You know, you're sitting right around 13,000 students when you account for people online, grad school commuters. Um, it's a strong school, and I think it's healthy when, in size. Um, it's time for this school to continue to grow and invest um, in our athletic programs, and that's what this is, going to Division One. So I think we're ready. I think we're competitive. Um, like I said, everyone's excited. I'm excited. I'm ready for us to uh, go out there and compete at a high level. No soccer. We just got started. Um, played a game against San Houston State today, and so that's exciting to see us start hitting the field and get after it, ready to see volleyball get started, football get started, like you said, in 24 days, um, and, and know we'll be uh, at those games and ready to go. I'm excited to try to get to that game this year uh, myself to see him play some Division one football, but uh, definitely a good move uh, for our alma mater for sure. Alex, Alex, talk a little bit about uh, – sorry, Trip. Go, no, ahead. go ahead. Oh, I was going to – Alex, talk about, uh, uh, you know, Commerce making the jump, obviously, to FCS, um, obviously not able to compete for a couple of years as you get the – the uh, the the postseason um, uh, probation period, but talk about the jump up to FCS, and you think um, I, tell talk about commerce. I mean, talk about you think we're going to be able to compete pretty quick. I mean, uh, and also talk a little bit about uh, your your coach you had the second half of your career and David Bailiff a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think commerce will be ready to compete. You know, 
Um, it's, it's a tough league. You got a slew, you know, Southeast Louisiana playoff team. Uh, that's right there at the top of the conference. Nichols is always very strong. You know, you're going to have to go out there and play some tough teams year one. Um, and, and, and that's going to be tough on, on the schedule. But Commerce has been prepared to compete. You know, we're playing a West Florida. We're playing Colorado State Pueblo. We're playing some playoff teams, Grand Valley, over our tenure the past five years. We're, we're playing teams who are beating Division One teams every year, competing with them. Um, people wouldn't play us when we were Division Two because they knew that was going to be too close of a game uh, to lose to a Division Two school. And so I think we're ready to go. Um, I think this jump to FCS will be big in recruiting. Like you said, it's a four-year probationary period, but, you know, you're not expected to make the playoffs in that time. These schools have had the resources, have the scholarships for uh, many more years than we have. So we have to play catch up and get our resources there because, quite honestly, we'll be behind. You know, we won't have as many scholarships this first year as other schools have. And you'll slowly start to, to build there to get to the 63. But you're going from 36 to 63. There's a time period we got to build up there, and that's huge now. Um, but these four years will be a great year to grind and, and get ready to go. And, and definitely David Bailiff, he's been at the Division one level, um, coaching, you know, Texas State, TCU, Rice, and um, really been successful um, in his career of coaching great players, sending players to the league, and, and really knowing how to uh, build a program. And so the guy's a relationship builder. He's a great recruiter uh, and definitely enjoyed having him as a coach. He's just a good man. I mean, anybody that knows him knows he's a good man. He's an honest man, and he wants to make a difference, not just on the football team, uh, but in the campus and community that he's working and serving in. And so um, he'll lead them to do great things. I'm excited to go support him and, and the team this year um, and get out there. We still talk to this day. And so the guy truly does mean it, it's the epitome, the epitome of what four-year decision uh, relates to 40 years. He's always having former guys come back and uh, speak and spend time with the players. And so he, he's what Adam Commerce needs uh, for this transition for sure. Fantastic. So let's tra uh, transition back now to where you are, uh, UAB. Uh, you mentioned earlier, obviously, that this is their last year in Conference USA, um, and then they're moving over to the American Athletic Conference, the AAC. Um, last year, UAB was, um, you know, right there, and a lot of people have are picking them, um, them and UTSA as, as the top two. How do you see um, – the Conference USA shaking out this year in the regular season? And, and what do you see going forward for the UAB football program as they transition to the AAC? Yeah, so right before I got on this podcast, I actually just left a, a event where our head coach, Brian Vincent, was, was speaking at, you know, we're building a championship caliber team here. You know, we're ready to do something special. Uh, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of speed. There's a lot of depth on this team um, that we're ready to get back out there. Everyone talked about UTSA last year, uh, but I think we're two yards away um, from being uh, a talk and being in a, a bowl that's not the Radiance uh, Independence Bowl. And so uh, we're ready to go this year. I know there's been a lot of hype and talk around UTSA. That'll be a fun game, but we're ready to go game one, uh, to go 1-0 each week uh, and get after it. Uh, this team's going to be special, definitely with the last year in CUSA. There's a target on our back uh, amongst other teams who are leaving CUSA, so we'll know we get everyone's best shot. Um, but definitely you're going to go out there and make a statement to show what this UAB program is really about. You know, we've had a lot of success since the return. Um, but definitely as we're getting ready to step up a league when it comes to group of five schools and conferences, um, this is going to be a great year for us to do so. And uh, I can tell you that there's a lot of exciting football happening in the 205 right now. So it'll be fun uh, come 22 days from now because we start on September 1st, a Thursday night game against Alabama A&M uh, to see what the Blazers will do. But uh, definitely going to be an uh, exciting time to watch them and see some uh, good games on our schedule this year. All right, fantastic. So I'd like to talk, and I've talked a little with T-Mac, but both of y'all jump in here, uh, get your perspective as, as former college athletes. Um, you know, it appears from, uh, I'm just a fan and I've not, never played uh, college athletics, but when we, you look at uh, the, the NIL, the name, image, and likeness, and you look at the transfer portal, 
And we've talked before, TMAC, that it really does seem like it's free agency for college uh, athletes these days. And it's almost uh, a professional football feel. That's what it appears from the outside. Uh, what are your thoughts as a former player about uh, these changes, the NIL, the transfer portal, things like that uh, going on, particularly in college football? Go ahead, Shiloh. Yeah, I would say uh, definitely I'm touching the NIL piece first. Uh, you see big deals happen. I think the most recent ones are Texas Tech and SMU, right? We're paying our kids 25K a year, 36K a year. Well, that's great. Um, but not everybody can compete with that. Um, I, I think we see a lot of the highlights of, of what some of these deals are happening. But there's 100, hundreds of football teams around the country, and I don't think we're seeing 100 teams post that deals are happening. And so they're out there. Uh, they're happening. But I don't think that's the reality of what NIL is. Um, some people are trying to make it to be, but I, I just don't think that's what it's going to be. Definitely from a group of five level down, I don't think you'll see much of it. You don't even see as many power five doing it, uh, what you saw at Tech or SMU. Uh, but the reality of that is, is really to give student athletes the opportunity to profit off their name, image, and likeness, whether that's connecting with the business, uh, promoting that uh, business, that brand, and them getting some free gear, some free swag, might get a stipend that comes with that, or you know, getting a free meal at a restaurant. I think that's what the NIL was supposed to be, and that's what it is. People are working on campuses to make that happen. Uh, definitely what we're doing here at UAB, hired somebody to work exclusively on NIL for our student athletes, but it's to get those deals, uh, to connect them with the community and the business. Because um, some, some of these companies don't have $100,000, $500,000 to hand out to student athletes. You know, you see some schools with some boosters that have that capability, but how long standing will that be? I'm not sure. It's brand new. It's shiny. It looks good. Uh, so definitely you're going to see a lot of fruits of that stuff coming now. But uh, how long lasting is that going to be? We'll have to see what the future holds. And on the transfer portal, um, I definitely think it was good initially uh, for the business, for student athletes to be able to leave. You see coaches leave all the time, and student mm -hmm. athletes are kind of stuck out, left to dry. And so I think it created a little bit more of a, a balance there to allow student athletes to have opportunities to not get held back um, from coaches and schools. Uh, but I think it's on the student athlete. I think we see a lot of people transfer and go elsewhere, uh, but there's quite a bit of student athletes that don't uh, get to go anywhere. I think the most recent article, it's not college football, but softball saw 36% of student athletes not make it uh, to a school when they enter the transfer portal. And others as a high number of football players as well. So, you know, I worry about those kids, those kids that think there's the grass is green on the other side and it's not. And I hope they're still in school. I hope they're still working to get an education because if not, what are we doing? We're sending them back home and, and, and they're not uh, doing what they came to uh, the college to do. And so I think that we have to really start educating and make sure kids are making 40 year decisions when they leave high school, or if they choose to go somewhere else and, and, and get to a new program that the education is at the, person uh, and foremost of their minds because you know you're an injury away from sitting out the rest of your career in your season uh, and your professional dreams could be stopped there and so I think there's a lot of education uh, that needs to be continued through the transfer portal uh, to continue to make it better and as uh, best it can be and not the wild wild west. Well a couple of things you said struck my attention and, and I'm really glad you said them because again uh, you hear everything about the, as you said the NIL these big huge deals and so it really paints a picture that, that maybe is not all that accurate. Uh, when you frame it like you did about uh, connecting with the community and, and maybe, um, you know, getting uh, some, some free gear, from, uh, free swag, um, you know, making uh, some extra stipends, I, I think most people would agree that uh, that's very reasonable. You know, a lot of the uh, universities are making lots of money off of these athletes. Um, I guess um, it's sometimes uh, painted in a very different light. So I'm glad you you cleared that up. And as far as the transfer portal, uh, something uh, Tyler and I have talked about before uh, in the past, we felt it was unfair. You know, if a player is recruited by a, a coach and he fits that system 
and then that coach leaves and a new coach comes in with a totally different system, there's no penalty on the coach leaving, but all of a sudden that player was stuck. So, um, okay. you know, I, I've always thought uh, uh, the transfer portal is, a, is uh, a good idea. It just needs to be um, tweaked, you know, and it's anything that comes new that they've got to work out some of some of the bugs. Um, but I certainly appreciate uh, your insight on both of those. Tyler, you got anything you'd like to add on either of those as a former college athlete as well? I, I mean, I mean, Alex, Alex hit a lot of the major points right there. I mean, he, he's going to know a, a heck of a lot more th than I am. You know, he, he played a, a sport that, that brought in more money and, 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 you know, he, he was at the, uh, at the national level, level for sack. So he's, his insight's going to be a lot more uh, productive th than what, what mine, but, you know, someone that played a smaller sport, um, in golf, you know, it was, it was, it, it, it was fun to hear, you know, it was nice to hear to be able to, that, that some of these athletes are going to be able, and I, and, and I like what Alex said. I think, I think the major point of NIL was not to, man, let's see how much money we can bring in these players. Let's see, let's get these, the Zion Williamson's, all these kind of guys, uh, you know, to, to just get these major contracts in college. I think, you know, like Alex said, a lot of it is to be able to bring in, you know, you know, little deals for him, you know, go be the face of the, the local car dealership in commerce, go be the, you know, you know, go be on a commercial and, and make a few side dollars. I think that was the main point. And, and we've got a, we've got a long way to go and it's a learning experience for a lot of us. Um, and, and, and I think, I think it's going to get better. I, I think there's, you know, like you're talking about tech and SMU getting these ridiculous deals. I, I'm, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of that, but at the same time, you know, I like seeing these kids, you know, being able to benefit a little bit. Um, but I, I do think some of it's been blown out of proportion a little bit. I don't think NIL is necessarily meant to, you know, don't look at tech and SMU and think that's what NIL is. You know, I, I think a lot of it's, it's to benefit, you know, cause Alex, what was the, what was the football player, the, the kicker from, I think he was a high school kicker. He might have kicked at Florida State or something for a couple of years. He was doing trick shots and ended up getting. Do you remember that? Do you remember what I'm talking Florida, about? I think. I think it was maybe Central, Central Florida. Florida. Yeah, there was. Yeah, a, he was like doing YouTube videos, making money off it. He had to choose what he wanted to do, and you know that's where it's like now. Let those kids continue doing their podcasts or their videos where they get endorsements and paid from. That's what we want to support there. Um, so yeah, that's what I know. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know the kids doing doing just a little harmless thing, just doing trick shots and making a little bit of side money. And that was unfortunately for him before NIL got passed and everything. But um, now, you know, same thing about uh, the transfer portal. I, I think we, I think there's a lot of education that needs to go into this transfer portal uh, trip. You know, there's a, uh, you know, I was a, obviously a A&M commerce line, but I was, I was a big, uh, followed my parents, alma mater in Texas Tech, still keep up with them a lot. And, you know, you, you look at Texas Tech basketball and that's their entire team every year. It's a new, they're rolling out a new squad every year of old, uh, you know, grad, grad transfers, just transfer portal. And, 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 and that's got to, you know, that's got to be a little bit of limitation. I, I like that uh, there's a little bit of a, you know, free agency to it that these kids aren't locked in like, you know, can just get up and, uh, you know, like the coaches y'all are saying, can just get up and go. Uh, but there's there needs to be a little bit more education, I think, when it comes to the transfer portal. I like that the kids aren't stuck at somewhere. But uh, it's all a learning curve right now. You know, the NIL transfer portal, uh, we're still in the first few years of it. So there's going to be a lot that a lot of people don't like here at the beginning. But it's a, it's a learning curve for us all, and we're just going to have to play this, just play it out and see how it goes. Exactly. And a power, powerful thing that Alex said was, and I've heard him say it a couple of times, talking about the, the four year to, to 40 plan. And he said, you know, the, if, if we're getting these kids into college, 
um, only to play sports and then they transfer and, and they don't com complete their degree, don't get an education. What, what are we doing it for? So uh, I think sometimes that gets lost and I think that's a great message. And you, and you said it a couple times about four years becomes 40. And I think um, really sometimes what gets lost, uh, whether it's, it's the transfer portal portal or these, sometimes these junior college players or these one and dones, which is, uh, you know, obviously more in, in basketball is, um, it's great when it works out for, for the phenom, but uh, a majority of your athletes um, you, you don't go on to superstardom. And so they've got to have a plan beyond college athletics. Absolutely. So I think that's a great message and I appreciate that. Um, so let's uh, one more thing we haven't touched on. I'd like to get your thoughts. Uh, obviously one of the things that's dominated the college offseason is, is this conference expansion, right? Mm -hmm. With, um, the, um, UCLA and, and USC going to the Big Ten. Obviously, uh, Oklahoma and Texas will be going to the SEC. Um, there's talk about, uh, you know, some theories or ideas that, man, we're, it's kind of going the way of the NFL where you're going to have, uh, you know, two power conferences with up maybe 20 teams and, and, you know, subdivisions or pods, things like that. What are your thoughts uh, on, on conference expansion? Um, is it uh, – uh, helping, hurting, um, or, or really just neutral, just just a cause and effect of, of where we're going with college football. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, de definitely. I think the conference expansion, I think it goes back a little bit to our, from a football standpoint, uh, what a college football uh, expansion looks like because some folks are leaving conferences because they want to be able to compete for an national championship. They think playing the SEC or the Big Ten is going to give them a better opportunity because their strength schedule will be there. Um, but what I think about this, especially with the UCLA-USC move, is everyone focuses on the Saturday nights, right? Saturday football games where the football team's going to travel, you know, three time zones away to go play a game. But I'm thinking about those Olympic sports that are traveling and playing on Tuesday nights, Thursday nights. What does that look like when you're leaving on a Monday or leave, flying out on Tuesday and you're missing three days of clashes throughout the week because you're playing a game during the week? That's what people aren't talking about, and that's the reality of it. You're still going to have a paper deal on Saturday. What is that toll going to take on those athletes mentally, physically, when they're having to worry about their academics, worry about competing on a Tuesday, Wednesday night, and then flying back six hours to get back to class for the next morning? I mean, that's that's kind of tough on them. And I think uh, media right deals and the money that's going to be brought in from the schools is big, but we got to focus on uh, what toll this is going to bring on student athletes. And some people are excited about it. I saw a lot of great things at UCLA. They're really ready to go forward. But if you're if you're a competitor, you can do so in your conference. I think Pac-12 and Big Ten, AC, they're all Power Five. Uh, so you all have the ability, the same ability as the SEC. I don't think you, everyone has to join uh, one conference to do something special. Uh, but definitely, I think media rights has to play a big uh, deal into this. Um, definitely see people leaving the Big 12. It's not because of competition. Uh, we know that. We see people in the Sugar Bowl. We see people uh, in Baylor and people in their conference championships. Uh, there's still talent in the Big 12. There's still talent in the uh, Pac-12. I think folks are just chasing some other things there. Okay. So it sounds like, you know, as we talk about um, uh, NIL and conference expansion and transfer portal, that uh, sometimes these decisions are being made um, or sometimes the player maybe is being advised, um, not in the best interest of the player, but uh, in the best interest, as you said, of it's great for the universities if they go to the, you know, the conference expansion. Um, but I had never thought of of those other sports, uh, the toll it takes on them on, you know, playing during the week and traveling across country. Um, so that's a great point. You know, I had as a fan and, and Tyler and I had talked in the past, uh, 
you know, we've always liked the, 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 the conferences to be set up where they geographically make sense. Exactly. So that uh, as a fan, of course, you could travel to these away games, uh, that sort of thing. And, and I know that, that that's gone by the wayside, but, you know, that's the way it was when I first started following, uh, particularly college football. And it's, it's gotten uh, obviously um, farther and farther away from that. And, um, you know, from a fan standpoint, I think it's a shame, but I had never considered the, the uh, athletes of these other sports and the impact it takes on them. It's got to make it much more difficult to keep up with their uh, education and their studies. Um, so that was a great point. Hey, Alex, bring it, talk, talk about this a little bit. You know, you know, it's pretty obvious, you know, the, the majority of these moves, you know, just UCLA, and I know UCLA and USC are the, the latest example, but you got Texas and OU, you got a lot of these, um, you know, I, I remember the, you know, a few years ago, gosh, seven or eight years ago, the, the Big 12 almost completely disbanded. And uh, a lot of those teams almost went Pac-12 originally. And I know the, the Big East is gone, the old Big East and everything. A lot of these schools going to ACC. Tell the tell the, the casual listener out there, the casual football fan, you know, I, I know the first thing to come to mind is money. Talk about uh, what what drives a lot of these decisions to jump conferences. Yeah, I think what drives a lot of decisions to jump conferences is exposure. I think, you know, people want their brand to get out there and if they feel like their conference isn't doing what they could do to maximize the exposure of their uh, affiliate schools, people are going to leave. Um, other conferences, the competitive nature of helping recruit the best athletes. Hey, if we're in the SEC, we're in the Big Ten, we can probably recruit a different athlete. Um, so they're not going to Alabama, they're coming to Texas, they're coming to OU, uh, so we can continue to compete for national championships. Um, and then media rights. Uh, definitely knowing, you know, CBS signed that big contract. Uh, contract recently, I forget which what conference, but um, a lot of schools get that revenue split and that share, and that's huge um, for what that can do for a department. So I definitely understand that because that can impact an entire athletic department, not just the football team or, or the basketball team. And so uh, those are some of the decisions why people make uh, those decisions to uh, move conferences. Um, and definitely we're seeing a lot of things happen now. We'll see how it settles. I'm also a big fan of uh, being geographically friendly uh, so you can have more uh, fans in the stands. I know some people are seeing the plague of everyone staying home and, and getting ESPN plus and getting to watch um, all these football games on the weekends and just staying at home. And that's great and all, but uh, the, the root of it all is we want people to pack the sense out the current environment. And, and I hope we don't lose sight of that with this conference realignment uh, and making it tougher on people to travel to get the games. But those are some of the reasons why I've been seeing uh, schools and, and when you read upon it, why they're going to other conferences. All right. Outstanding. You know, as a, a college, I mean, a high school coach, um, I mean, I know there's nothing like uh, being on the sideline on a Friday night. Um, right. So I don't get to go to many college games, but I imagine that that, that uh, experience is, uh, even as a fan, is, is uh, second to none. Uh, you know, I, I'm a college football fan above, way above the NFL, just because uh, in the past it's always been about, or, or my perception is it's always been about these uh, true rivalries. It's been about the passion. It, you know, it wasn't about the money. And like you said, the geographic uh, rivalries always made it that much more special because, I mean, some of these fan bases could travel so well and, and, and really make a, a crazy atmosphere. Um, so, all right, I want to get your thoughts on this. And I don't know if, you, if you've had a chance to look at everybody else's schedule, but there's a lot of uh, intriguing uh, college football matchups in week one. And is there any one of those uh, matchups, aside from obviously UAB, um, anything that stands out to you as, as just as a fan that, man, that's a, that's an interesting game or that's, that's something I really want to watch. 
yeah, obviously ready for UAB to go one and on 22 days in this A&M uh, in Alabama. But uh, definitely as a fan, I think I'm excited uh, to see Notre Dame and Ohio State um, get after it. I think uh, Marcus Freeman, you know, for head coach, I think people have a lot of eyes on him this year, first year head coach at Notre Dame and um, ready to see what he's going to do. Uh, and so I'm ready uh, to watch that game, see what he's going to do against a competitor that's always in it when it comes to playoff talk. And so both of these teams are playoff contenders. I think this will be a game to set the tone. Won't really dictate what the season will look like, I think, because you can definitely bounce back from an early loss. Um, but definitely an opportunity to help you later in the year if these teams go and have the record they did last year. So that's probably a game I'm ready to watch on September 3rd. I'll be locked in. Good thing we're not playing that day because I'll be able to watch a lot of college football. But that'll be a, uh, the one I have on my TV that night. All right. That's the, that's the one I'm looking for, too. I'm a Notre Dame fan uh, for no other reason than when – when I was in, in high school, of course, just like they are now, but we didn't have as many stations. They were always on, and that was kind of at the height under Lou Holtz when they won their national championship, and and so I followed them ever since. And kind of to your point, I think uh, this is a great uh, litmus test um, early on for both teams. And uh, obviously, Marcus Freeman, you know, he coached them in the bowl game last year, uh, and I think he's a fantastic coach. And 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 uh, above that, he's obviously proven during this offseason to be – uh, a phenomenal recruiter. So I'm anxious to see not just this game, not just this year, but in the years to come when he gets his recruiting class in place, because um, it looks like he's really uh, uh, got, got these, a lot of these athletes buying into, um, you know, what, what he has to offer, what Notre Dame has to offer uh, and setting that vision. So I think uh, uh, that's really exciting. Uh, T-Mac, do you have anything stands out for you week one? Man, we, we, we talked about it a little bit last week with, with Ashley, uh, Ashley Pickle. And uh, Shiloh, I know you'll have your eyes on this one as well a little bit as it involves Conference USA. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that UTSA and Houston game. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to slip down there to the Alamo Dome with, with, uh, with, with our, our trip, you know, Jay. Uh, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down there with him and, and check that out. I, I think Houston's going to win it, but, but uh, I'm, I'm going to see if UTSA is uh, if, if they still going to be kind of rolling after last year. But uh, I'm really looking forward to that first game right off the bat. And of course, I'll have my eyes on the, uh, you know, throughout the screen the whole day. Uh, that you, you know, I, I know Alex is talking about Ohio State and Notre Dame right off the bat. That's going to be a fantastic start to the college football season. But man, it's no better time of year. You know, get get towards the end of August, uh, early September. It's I'm, I'm pretty excited for college football. Yeah, I think uh, all of us are, and 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 T Mac, if you go down there, you may hit up Bryce. He, he there, you know, yeah, yeah. You may go to it. Uh, that's my son. He attends UTSA. Bring him along. So, uh, Shiloh, is there any um, kind of uh, dark horse team we should look out for again? Um, obviously, we're all going to be looking out for UAB. Uh, if if you weren't a fan before this interview with you, you definitely should be. Uh, you're, you're very inspirational. But aside from UAB, any dark horses a, across the country that uh, you think could sneak up and surprise some people? No, I'm excited to see what Cincinnati is going to do again, if I'm being honest. You know, they had their taste at it, but uh, uh, losing some key players um, this past year. But I think uh, the team is still strong. Uh, I think the team uh, will still compete again in the American Athletic Conference with their last year uh, going into this year. We'll see what they can do. Um, another team, U of H, definitely their last year in the AAC before they're going to the Big 12. It's a big test for them. It's a big test for them when it comes to recruiting and, and what they can uh, do in the group of five before they make that jump. So my eyes are on that that level right now. Some of those group of five schools that are ready to make that jump to see what they can do and, and uh, who are they going to uh, take care of and who they can upset uh, to try to find a way to get back into that uh, college football playoff contention. And so 
I got my eyes on some of those best power five schools to see what, what can happen. T-Mac, who you got? Who, who should we be looking out for that maybe is not on our radar? Man, Trip, you know, this is going to be a weird one, and I'm, I'm going off the wall with this one. Um, do I think they'll make the college football playoff before I, before I throw this at you? No, I don't think they're going to be a college football play. But I think it's a team that can really spoil. Um, so uh, I, I think they can make some noise in the ACC. I'm going to throw a wild one at you. I'm, I'm going to, I, I liked my Wake Forest pick from a few – when we talked to ACC, um, you know, and, and another team out of the SEC that I'm going to throw to. I think Kentucky can really oh. – I know. I got yours. Um, I knew that was. I, I'm sorry. I knew those two teams right there. Alex has got his bug eyed right there. He's like, "Whoa! I didn't see that." One. Um, Wake Forest. I, you know, Wake Forest was 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 a really solid ACC team last year. They were top 25 team, and they really fell apart. And uh, I really think Kentucky is going to make some noise there in the SEC. Do I think either team is going to make the college football playoff? No. Um, but I think I think both those teams right there can can really surprise a lot of people right there. Well, and if you remember a few weeks back when we talked, when we broke down the SEC, I said I think Kentucky is is gonna gonna win their division and 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 uh, beat out Georgia. So I really believe in their quarterback. We'll Levis. I think uh, I mean this is this is their time, and uh, you know again we're we're talking in dark horses. So um, okay. so there's that. All right, um, last last thing. I, I certainly appreciate your time, Alex. Um, if you were to give us the four teams, the way too early, four teams to make the uh, playoffs, who would that be? Ooh. Taking my, my current uh, employer out of it. Um, Absolutely. I think we're seeing Georgia back in it again. I think they had a strong year. You're going to see Saban back in it. I think, you know, I respect that program uh, to this day. Uh, but you know who I'm excited uh, about this year to see what happens is, uh, is OU. Um, and definitely with that coaching change, we'll, we'll see what they, can, what they can do to get back in there. Um, I think they're very competitive. Um, and then also, I think uh, I want to put Notre Dame in there. I think Mark Stream is going to do something special um, out there. And so that's why I'll, we'll say my first four in right now. Definitely very early, um, but definitely giving some respect to multiple conferences there is why some of those decisions come to make. Um, and I think Baylor will be right there on the Cups as well. So I'm looking forward to that matchup um, this year. All right. Wow. Good. Big Ten team. Wow. What do you got, T-Mac? Who are your, who are your first four in? Gosh, um, I, I remember we did this a couple weeks ago. You know, obviously I've got the I've got the Bama Georgia uh, getting go with the two of them. I think they they have a rematch, of course, in the SEC championship game. I think the the college football committee uh, loves them too much, but rightfully so. I think the two of them. Um, I've got a soft spot for Ohio State. Um, I know Ohio State uh, last year. I've still calling that game against Michigan last year a little bit of a fluke. Um, you know, they had a lot of guys out with the flu, and then, uh, you know, they were playing in that, that heavy uh, snowstorm. Um, but like Alex is saying, I, I, I like that Notre Dame again. I think I think Marcus Freeman's going to go in there right off the bat. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm changing my pick up a little bit. Uh, so the, that's going to be my top four right there. I, I don't see a Big 12 team. I think there's going to be a Big 12 team right there on the edge. I think like Shiloh's saying, you know, you're going to have Oklahoma Baylor, I think, right there on the edge. Uh, both those teams – uh, you know, going to be at the top of the Big 12. But but um, I'll, I'll roll with the, the two SEC schools. I think Ohio State's going to win the Big 10. And then uh, and then I like Notre Dame as well. I really like Marcus Freeman. I think he's going to go in there right off the bat and you have Notre Dame playing some ball early on. Uh, well, I think uh, we talked a little bit about this. Uh, in my opinion, it really doesn't matter who the four are because I think uh, this is Nick Saban's year. I think coming off of everything that happened in the offseason with – the, the public spat with Jimbo Fisher with losing last year. Uh, I don't, I don't see him being denied this year. 
uh, you know, he, he had the run they did last year and is talking about, it was a, a rebuilding year for them. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if that's a rebuilding year, that's, that's pretty impressive. Right. Um, so I, I think, uh, Alabama's going to take it. Uh, you guys definitely put some, uh, interesting picks in there. Uh, I like the Notre Dame one. And, and I, like I said, I've been a fan. I'm not, I'm not sure that they're there yet. Um, but I love the pick. So, um, well, hey, 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 trip, trip, yeah. trip. I wanted to, I wanted to ask Alex this too, before we let him go. Um, uh, Alex, no, I know you being, being an Austin guy, I know you've probably got a little bit of a soft spot for UT, uh, Let's hear your thoughts on UT uh, going and you can make uh, going going SEC here in a few years, and then how you think uh, how you think this new quarterback room at UT is going to look? Yeah, I'm excited for them to go to the SEC in a few years. I think you're looking for a lot of exciting games coming to town in Austin uh, that haven't been there before. So uh, that'll be a big one. You know, the UT Alabama game this year is they're sold out now, so that's going to be very exciting uh, for the fans down there in Austin to have that. Um, definitely a disappointing year last year. Uh, Tough to be a fan watching those games, but I'm excited for what we can do this year. I'm, I'm a big fan. I love them. I bleed orange from Austin, uh, but I just don't know if we're there yet talking college football playoff this year, but definitely uh, trying to work to finish off the Big 12 on a good note. And so I hope conference championship is a goal to get into that game is a goal this year. We'll see. I'm watching. we got a tough schedule. Uh, it's going to be real tough this year, but uh, definitely think a quarterback needs to stand out. Not sure who's going to be uh, the number one this year that's going to really take over. I think we've been lacking – a quarterback to make a big difference uh, since last time we had Sam um, to really do something for uh, UT, but uh, definitely looking for someone to step up and take over this year. I know we got a great running back and we're going to rely on him and Bijan. And so hopefully that'll take us to where we need to go, Uh, but we stay consistent. I think that's the biggest thing about Texas is you win a big game and you lose a game, you should win. Um, And so it's just being consistent all year is what I'm going to focus on watching them. That Alabama game will be a test. You upset that one there, that can really shake up the whole college football uh, playoff talk um, for the rest of the year, and so yeah, I think you should you get that win. You're looking at two lost team that could be getting in it again, and so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens this year. You know, an interesting point you made there, the consistency, because uh, we talked I think last week there is a scenario where you know Texas could could beat Alabama, and then the next week UTSA comes to town, and and that I mean that that could be a trap game for them, but uh, we'll see what happens. Well, listen, Alex, really appreciate you coming on with us. This uh, really insightful. Um, I, I knew nothing really about uh, UAB as far as following them, but uh, talking with you, I'm a fan now. Um, my son goes to UTSA, so I got to go with UTSA, and my daughter graduated there, uh, UTSA first in Conference USA, but I'm really excited to, to follow UAB and uh, certainly appreciate your time. For anyone uh, listening, whatever, you can hit them up at, at, uh, on Twitter, at AlexShiloh5. Uh, fantastic uh, uh, insight. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for your time so much. Yeah, I appreciate the invitation. It was a great conversation. Um, and, and best of luck to you guys this year. Uh, thank you so much. All right. Thank you. And uh, T Mac, uh, uh, as always, we'll uh, be back next week. Uh, please hit us up on uh, mentaldimes.com at mentaldimescfb. And we will see you next week. Until then, adios.